Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Jess Chatting Podcast. I am so excited for this guest. This is someone I've actually wanted to have on for quite some time. Someone who I've been following for years and the day has finally come. I'm so excited guys to introduce entrepreneur Erin Henry. Erin, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm like blushing already. I'm going to have sore cheeks by the end of this episode. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, no, I think it was definitely something I think Funny enough, I think I was like just on my stories and just I'm always kind of thinking like who would have to, who would like to have a mind and when is I suppose it's not even who would like to have a mind. I suppose I always try to think of when is the right time. And I feel like now more than ever, because for anyone that follows me will know that I've been in marketing for like over five years. It's something I'm extremely passionate about. And also like having been following you for years, I was like, this is now the perfect time to kind of like bring you onto the podcast to have all the incredible chats and like to provide people with the insane value that you do because I think that's one thing that I love as like following you for like whatever like two three years at this point is that you provide so much value for free like do you actually like is it like obviously there has to be a strategy at some point but like like how do you provide so much value I think that's probably my biggest thing as well is how does someone provide so much value and then ask for money when it comes to like start like when it comes like you know influencer vibes or anything like that getting straight straight into no I love it I love it let's go honestly um if you want to come in closer let me tell you my little secret and that is provide more value on the other side of that paywall Mm. honestly I feel so many people have a fear of giving away free value in their marketing, with their social media strategy. And people often ask me the same question. How do you give so much? I've got a podcast, a YouTube channel. I now have a marketing team, which is like, they are dispersing my content onto every corner of the internet. It's, I'm literally in my Alex Hermosi era over here. Like we are going everywhere. And people have asked me the same question. How do you give so much away for free? And it is really highly valuable content. And the fact is, What's on the other side of that, let's call it a paywall to be really, you know, marketing terminology. What's on the other side of that investment is more value. And I truly believe that it's more value, but it's also different value. So Mm -hmm. yes, I give a lot of free information away, but I, in my heart and soul, do not believe that information is going to solely alone be the catalyst to most people's growth. Most people need personalization. They need strategy. They need accountability. They need support. They need a community. They need, you know, um, just a little bit of even their own incentive. And that could be the investment that they make in themselves. Yes, the information is great, but the information is literally what I believe to be a very small portion of the whole pie that makes up someone's ability to get results for themselves. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think there's a lot more than just kind of like you can provide so much value, but again, it's it's making sure that you have the value behind what they're going to get as well, particularly if it's going to be, a high ticket price or whatever but let's reel it back because it's it's great saying like that you're providing all this value but obviously there was a time when you obviously had zero followers where the business didn't exist so let's kind of go back to there so people can kind of really get to know you from that aspect and kind of you know how you got from essentially your a to b because of obviously like you know by no means is any business journey smooth sailing and i can imagine there was a lot yeah. of ups and downs so talk us through like where you began I suppose and how it's got to where you are now 
Sure. And I love this question as well, because I am the number one, I swear I will claim this for myself. I am the internet's number one advocate for slow, sustainable growth. So my entrepreneurial journey, if you will, started Mm -hmm. 13 years ago, well, my marketing journey, I went back to university thinking I was going to be Samantha Jones, doing events, doing PR. I went back to university as what they call here in Australia, a mature age student. So I'd taken time off, done the traveling, et cetera, et cetera. I went back to universities to study marketing and public relations, literally because I thought I was going to be Samantha Jones and like do all these events and have this like crazy public relations lifestyle. Um, in 2013, no, sorry, in 2010, and just fell in love with marketing, like not straight away because I didn't catch on with the university straight away. It took me a while to actually find my groove and like become a good student. But when I did, I really fell in love with, with university. I fell in love with marketing, all of these things. And I got a piece of advice. I think it was in 2014 to, we had to go to this event through my university and it was a bunch of speakers, a bunch of marketing and public relations speakers. And one of them, who I don't even remember the context of their talk, but one of them said something that just rang true to me. It just hit something like a lightning bolt inside of me, went off. I didn't even really know what he was talking about or the context of what he meant. But he said, if you want to ride this new age wave of digital entrepreneurship, and it must have been that word, digital entrepreneurship, even though I didn't know what it was, I knew I wanted to have it. But he said, if you want to ride this wave of digital entrepreneurship, get online and build an audience. And I had already been like most people at that time, obsessed with watching YouTube. I watched fitness YouTubers, what I ate in a day videos. Every time when they were new one, I was like, hell yes, get me onto that. And so I just did what everybody else was doing at the time and started a YouTube channel. Literally, I have the receipts for this. I have the ticket from the event still, as well as like my first upload was like two days later. So from 2014, I really was exactly like you just said, starting from zero. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have a camera, webcam, live, no eyebrows, live. It was 2014. If you go back and look at those videos, it is, I think it's cute, but it's also very embarrassing. But I just did that. Like I just muddled my way through, which now... There's so much more information that there was back there, but I also want to give the advice to people like don't skip past that part of your journey where you're embarrassingly awkward and your content is horrible and you may, you know, you're you may not have even grown into your personal style or anything like that yet because I always think about it like this as well. Like one day when they're making a documentary of you, you want them to have that old embarrassing footage because it's such a good story to tell. Like allow yourself to be at ground zero. Allow yourself to embrace that time. But from 2014 till 2017, I mostly just continued on creating lifestyle, food, fitness, mindset kind of content. But after a series of things happened with my, so I graduated and then I started a social media marketing business and I had a part-time job, which I was made redundant from. And all of that came to a head at the end of 2016, where I was watching a video of Tony Robbins and I don't know, something just, again, had one of those light bulb moments where I was like, I need to do something like this, like speaking, coaching, mentoring, teaching. And so I wanted to take then all of my marketing, social media, business, mindset, knowledge, and turn that into somewhat of a business. Again, another point in time where I still had 
no idea what I was doing. Like I had a business, but not this kind of business, not an online, like personal branded coaching, mentoring business. I know that again, super popular now. And it's like, everyone knows what they are and how to do it. But back then I didn't. And so I went and hired a coach, learned all the things I needed to learn about funnels and tripwires and all of that kind of stuff. And then in 2017, basically just launched the business that I have today. At the time, I had already built my audience on YouTube to about 20,000. I did restart my Instagram because of the change of niche. But yeah, I just, that first 2014 to 2017, built an audience of 20,000, making a grand total of $0. (laughs) I know I made $100. Actually, I did a brand collaboration with a company for scales, like measuring your weight scales. So that was my big income for, for, for like five years or whatever. Um, but then I started the business and I had a little bit of an audience, even though it wasn't in the same niche, many of them, you know, they resonated with me. They resonated with my story, my personal brand. And so they came with me into this new business journey. And then since then, I've just been doing what I do, growing, building an audience, still maintaining that as the focus um, and teaching people business. It's amazing as well, because like you just... I love that. I love when you have those like light bulb moments because when they do happen, you always remember them as well. Like when it does hit you that little bit differently as well. It always happens when you're like watching something or when you're at an event. And I've been in those situations where, like you said, you don't remember the person who said that particular word or that sentence, but it still resonates with you. And it's still obviously just a huge, I suppose, like milestone, if anything, that like, kind of led you to where you are now. Um, sure. Well, and I is- think something on that is so important as well is to trust those moments. I feel like so many entrepreneurs miss those opportunities, potential entrepreneurs or people in your audience may miss those opportunities where ideation can get turned into creation because we have so much fear and self-doubt and then we're riddled with the like, no, it's not going to work or everybody else is doing it or am I good enough for this? Like, I know that so many people face so many barriers of limiting beliefs that even when they're hit with, as we're calling it, that light bulb moment, there's such a gap between the implementation. I will say that one thing I realized with the most pivotal moments of my journey was the speed of implementation. And again, like starting my coaching business, I had to go out and seek support because I had no idea what I was doing. And starting my YouTube channel, I mean, go back and look at my first videos, the proof is in the pudding. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have to have all of the skills, the expertise, the data, the proof or anything. It was like just making that move, making that commitment to the light bulb moment, I think was the thing that changed the trajectory of my journey each time. And how do you think, I suppose, like you talk about imposter syndrome, which is what a lot is probably keeping people in their comfort zone. Everyone's in the comfort zone. They're all warm and cozy. And I'm always like, just need to get yourself out there into the cold to get over that imposter syndrome and suppose, like to get outside of your comfort zone. So how is that something that you've maybe like managed or learned how to deal with, like even back then or even now? Like, has there been any kind of like ways you've tried to be like, how's your mindset, I suppose, like approach to that? Yeah, really good question because funnily enough, I was having a conversation. I have a program called Influencer Vibes, which is all about essentially the psychology behind building an audience, your own psychology and your the audience of consume the psychology of consumer behavior, how you utilize the platforms to attract an audience. We were having a conversation this morning about this exact thing, about how do you overcome like imposter syndrome and fear? Because I asked my students to give me some of the things that they were struggling with on a mindset side that was stopping them from showing up, from taking action on these light bulb moments or these ideas. 
And a lot of them were very similar. You know, I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing and being cancelled. I'm afraid of being judged or, you know, I'm afraid a lot of people are afraid of what their family are going to say or potentially getting to the point where they feel some sort of shame because they feel not good enough. And here's my approach. And this is the answer that I shared. There's really two ways to get over fear and limiting beliefs. There is the overcoming of that limiting belief or discrediting that limiting belief. So you, you, I call it calling the bullshit. So basically you take that limiting belief and you prove it's, it's wrong. You prove to yourself that it's actually just that inner saboteur, that voice inside your head, your ego, whatever you want to call it, that is feeding you lies that aren't true and that you don't need to believe. And then you can go off and prove that. So overcoming a limiting belief is one way to go about it. But the thing is, there is a lot of proof for some of the things that people have fear around. Like one of the biggest fears is like, I don't want to say the wrong thing and be canceled. You know, there's a lot of proof out there of people saying things that aren't even that bad and getting canceled for. And so the other way to overcome a limiting belief to the goal of it being calm your nervous system to feel more safety and security in your ability to take action so that it's not so scary. The other way to do it is to accept it, you know, accept that maybe there are going to be people in your family that judge you, or maybe you might say the wrong thing and offend someone, or maybe you will make a mistake or you'll put out a piece of content and it absolutely tanks. These things could happen, but they shouldn't stop you because they're not the end of the world. And if you can kind of like mentally prepare for the worst case scenario, like, okay, let's say my cousin Jane is going to come up to me at the family barbecue and be like, who do you think you are posting this stuff to Instagram? What would I do in that scenario? Play it out in your head, ask yourself if you'd survive and then make the choice. Is it more important to avoid that semi-awkward interaction with Jane or to completely disregard my dreams altogether. And most people are going to be like, you know what, Jane, you're not that bad. You're not that scary, but I've got dreams to build. And so when it comes to overcoming fears, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, limiting beliefs, all of these things, you discredit the things that are really sabotaging and you accept the ones that could potentially happen, but still shouldn't stop you from showing up. Yeah, I think it's about obviously just shifting that perspective and again, kind of like putting yourself outside the circle or as I always say to like, you know, because I'm a fitness coach at the moment, it's kind of like I always try to get people to see, see from a different perspective. I'm like, well, would you, if that was your best friend, how would you tell mm-hmm. her about the situation? And it's always like treating yourself like your best friend, which I know is something that you could probably relate with as well, because I know that's something that you would be passionate about telling people online, even in your lives and stuff like that. Like, I know that's probably the mentality that you would have as well. Exactly. I actually came up with a whole entire concept about this exact thing. Essentially, the relationship that you have with yourself, or as I call it, becoming the coolest person you know. And that really gets broken down into multiple different things. Becoming the coolest person you know, just exactly like you said, it's really about that relationship that you have to yourself and how you're treating yourself, how you're speaking to yourself, how you perceive yourself, how much you admire yourself. Because all of these things, we don't think about building a better relationship with ourselves. And yet in many cases, specifically as a personal brand and a leader and an authority, these are the things that when you are reflecting them in yourself, people will see them in you also. And so, yes, building a good relationship with yourself, or as I call it, becoming the coolest person you know, is super, super important for being able to work through these moments. Because the more you respect yourself, the better you treat yourself, the better the conversation is between yourself, the more self-acceptance you will have, 
confidence gets built over time. It's a byproduct of taking action. But the more self-acceptance you'll have to be, you know, a little bit fumbly in the beginning or to make mistakes or whatever you think is going to happen, it could happen, but you just have a little bit more self-acceptance. Yeah. And something I th- think when you when we talk about obviously like limiting beliefs, self-acceptance and all that, I feel like one of those other kind of components or one of the other aspects what stops a lot of people is the whole people pleasing as well because as you said like oh god what if that particular family member sees it like as well do you see that come up as well with maybe in the past with yourself or with students as well as that like people pleasing element because I know personally I'm a huge people pleaser I always tell tell myself that I'm working on it but I'm also like I'm never working on it it's a huge thing that stops me from even posting that reel or anything like that as well so is that something that you've experienced before or something that you see with your students Honestly, I don't know. And this is a really sad reality and a sad statistic, but I've coached thousands of people at this stage. And I actually don't know one woman specifically that doesn't have some kind of people-pleasing tendencies. It is highly, highly, highly ingrained, whether we believe it or not. I mean, there are some people that have done work on it. And so it's not as obvious. I'm actually working on it now in therapy. I've chosen to go down that path because it is something that I've massively struggled with. But the more that I research it as well, like it really is ingrained within a lot of our sort of systemic culture, the way that women are spoke to, to be agreeable, to be nice, to be a good girl. Uh, to be nurturing, to be kind, you know, there really is this language, this whole language, which is ingrained within us to cause women to have the tendency towards people pleasing and towards downplaying their true voice or their disagreeableness or their power because they want to be liked, they want to be uh, included with their peers and not to stand out from the crowd and you know obviously I don't encourage people going out and becoming like an asshole on the internet and purposely triggering people but women definitely do need to stand in their conviction more they need to stand in in alignment with their values if you have something to say whether you might get a little pushback from that or not like that's that's something inside of you. And that's something that is special and unique to you. What happens is because we have a tendency to people, please, most of us are watering ourselves down. And then unfortunately, what happens because of that, because we're not allowing that, you know, for lack of better terms, like that true authenticity to shine, that true inner perspective, that true voice, that vision, whatever it is that we have to say, no matter how maybe out there it is, we water it down. And then we all end up on this certain level playing field saying the same thing looking the same being the same never truly standing out and then that's causing a whole problem in and of itself because we don't have enough leaders female leaders I mean that we're making progress but there aren't truly enough female leading leaders having their say in big world-changing causes because you know we just don't have the courage to truly speak our truth so I think people-pleasing is a huge thing. Now, what I will say on that is that it's not as simple as, you know, maybe negative self-talk. Negative self-talk, like we can all use the similar tools to overcome negative self-talk. We got to recognize it and change it. It takes time. But, you know, obviously it's something that we can recognize quite easily. The thing is for 
for a lot of people, their people pleasing can actually be a trauma response. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a psychologist, but this is like from my experience on my own journey is that there's generally a unique stem to a lot of people's tendency to people please because it is a trauma response. You know, we, we, we learn the habit of people pleasing generally when we're in an environment of chaos or when we have a traumatic experience as a child, it's a defense mechanism. And so people pleasing is something that if it's chronic within your life, like you're seeing it over and over and over and over and over again and it really really is stopping you I'm not just saying like you're a nice person and you don't want to be disliked by your friends but like you're really seeing it affect your business your team your growth your marketing all of this kind of stuff it might be worth speaking to someone that can help you unravel where that first came from yeah no I I just love that whole everything that you said there is is incredibly true because very funnily enough I don't know if you follow or if you watch Grey's Anatomy but um, yeah, so I'm a big Grey's, Grey's Anatomy fan and it was actually something that's a, that a character said in last week's episode where there, it was particularly, like, it was like an older woman, she's like in her 60s and she it was just, it, even though it was like a show, it actually is so true because it resonated with me. It's like when women get to a certain age, they're forgotten about, they feel like they can't do certain things or whatever and you only get to a certain age, like let's say if you get to 60, it's kind of like, oh, when you get to 60, it doesn't matter. Your life is over. Like that's not that far for for a few of us. And it's like, and people are choosing, because again, it's a choice I feel, people are choosing to live in fear. If you are staying stuck, yeah. you are choosing to stay stuck as well. Because if you don't make that decision, don't take that step, you will stay stagnant and just stay where you are. And then you're gonna look back on your life and be like, oh God, like what I do in my life, what were the amazing things I experienced and the changes I made to my life as well. And I think again, as you said, like there's not one woman that has experienced people pleasing. And I say if we were to get all the female listeners here, they'd probably all agree because there's again a huge tendency just based on our culture and our society. And it's 2023. We thought we would see something change um, about this mm-hmm. as well. What I do love is that there are so many options. In terms of personal development, I'm a huge advocate as well for the fact that personal development itself is not a one-size-fits-all strategy. There is so many different modalities that sit on the spectrum of healing, as we call it, right from the scientific through to the spiritual. There's so many things that you can do. Some people want to go into the middle of the Amazon and do ayahuasca. Some other people want to sit down with a therapist for two years. You know, there's just so many different ways that you can go about this. But I really liked what you said about taking responsibility. Essentially, it's not your responsibility what happened to you. You couldn't control the environment in which you grew up in with your parents and their relationship or your school or whatever, you know, the the imprints that cause you to feel the need to people please is not your fault. But as an adult, it really is your responsibility to find the modality, to find the healing that is going to best suit you to overcome this. The first step is awareness in the behavior. If you do have all of these goals and dreams in business, in marketing, in branding, in social media, and you're finding that you can't really show up as your authentic self or you're procrastinating or you have perfectionism or, you know, you one of the things like maybe you're working with clients and you're really struggling with your boundaries or your team and you're really struggling with your boundaries. Like these are all components of the people pleasing nature. But when you notice these things, you have, nobody else is going to change for you. You have to then take responsibility for 
either working on it yourself with the million and one different resources that are available, books, podcasts, you know, all of this. But if you want to go deeper then getting the professional hypnotherapist, a licensed therapist, a a Reiki master, whatever, whoever it is, you know, um, whatever resonates with you, but taking that responsibility to go on that journey or it will hold you back for the rest of your life. I got to a certain point where I had kept so much of my own growth because, and I'm glad we kind of went into this conversation, a lot of it was because of me playing small through people pleasing, you know, really what tends to happen as well is when you have this kind of like people pleasing tendency, it's like you can retract back into your smallness, your your child self, if you will. Mm-hmm. And my therapist said something really profound to me. She said, you know, 12 year olds don't run multi-million dollar empires. Like I have to work on this now or I'm just going to stay at this place safe for the rest of my life. And so taking that responsibility for your own growth your own journey your own healing in people pleasing or whatever comes up you know we all have our different demons if you will or struggles but whatever it is taking responsibility for that because you might think I'm a huge advocate as well I say I'm a huge advocate for everything I feel like I'm an advocate for all things but I'm a strategy gal you know what I mean like I love strategy I I teach business in a way where I want to make strategy accessible. I want to make it simple. I want to tell people if your goal is to make $10,000, $20,000, I can sit down with my calculator and your business model and figure out exactly what you need to do to make that happen, where the problem therein lies once you have a perfect strategy, a perfect personalized strategy is if you're then not taking action, that's Mm -hmm. where the mindset piece comes into it. The strategy should be simple. Everyone knows if you want biceps, go and lift weights. But where the struggle comes for so many people is getting themselves into the gym, getting themselves to show up on social media, to implement the strategy. And that's where you've got to take responsibility for that healing journey. Yeah, no, definitely it is taking responsibility for that. And like, we don't mean take responsibility in, in a negative way as well. Because I think like yeah. people, are fa- people are probably afraid of the word responsibility. And it's kind of like, oh, God, sure. it's too much. But it's also like, take it as a responsibility. We all have responsibility. We all have different choices. And as you said, we have so many different options in life. And it's choosing what we feel is suit, like suits best for us as well. And I love how you talk about the strategy side of things. Because I'm like, you have the most simplest plan. You know exactly what to do. But it's the actual doing. It's the actual mm-hmm. Im- 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 implementation that people, you know, struggle with as well. And I suppose, like, even for you as well, like, you decided a few years ago that you were going to become the coolest person you knew. So, like, how, because obviously that's a strategy within itself. That's obviously, again, tying in every bit of maybe, like, trauma, like, limiting belief, all that jazz. Like, so where did that kind of, like, shift come from that you were like, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to become the coolest, become the coolest person I know. Because that's how I always remember you. Like, I remember you, like, whether it was in the, like, your living room or your kitchen. And I remember you used to, like, just blare songs. You do dances around. And, like, that's how I always remember you. And I'm like, I remember seeing this. remember seeing you the first time. I was like, who is she? I adore her. And, like, everyone was dancing. And I'm like, yes. I love that. I call it hashtag dancepreneur parties. And I love them. I'm obsessed with music. I did this whole thing on my story today about how honestly, so my biggest muse in business is music. But we can talk about that another day. <laughs> Becoming the coolest person, you know, going back to what we said before, it truly, truly was birthed out of me reforming my relationship with myself, reconnecting to my relationship to myself. So the footnotes version is, 
I, at the end of 2020, came out of a long-term relationship. You know, nothing horrendous happened. It just wasn't the person that I was supposed to be with. But of course, during this time, we were together for seven years. We were engaged. Um, During this time, because I live in Melbourne, Australia, we were still well and truly in lockdown. So Mm -hmm. from the end of 2020, right through till I think August 2021, we were in lockdown. So I left a long-term relationship, which at the time meant that for the first time in my life, because I moved when I was younger out from living with my parents to living with my partner. But, you know, for the first time in my life, I was not only alone, single for a long time, but living alone for the first time in my life in a lockdown with no family within my 5K radius. So I was like alone, 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 you know, for the first time in a long time. And through that relationship, because naturally this can tend to happen when we're in situations that aren't authentic to us, whether that be a job, a business or a relationship, regardless of whether they are, you know, causing us a lot of struggle but what can tend to happen is we lose our sense of self you know we really are molding ourselves to try and make something work when it isn't authentic to us so I feel like as though in that relationship I lost a lot of myself that then caused me to show up I want to say like not as authentic as I could be in my business either. You know, I didn't really have that deep connection to myself. So I was in a period of time where I was looking at what everyone else is doing. I was trying to be more professional. So I wasn't myself in my relationship. I wasn't myself in my business. And therefore, because they were two big things, I just wasn't myself in my life. And so uh, end of 2020, I love how I say the footnotes version and go on to like basically write a novel. But anyway, (laughs) um, at the end of 2020, I left that long-term relationship and had all of the time in the world with myself and you know it was really scary to start with like I did go back and forth with it being quite a challenging thing but eventually when I surrendered to what it was it actually became one of the most profound times of my life I deeply reconnected and I say reconnected very intentionally because I reconnected with all of who I always was you know my true inner essence if you want to call it that my childhood inspiration started coming up. I realized that I was like super inspired by like martial arts. I wanted to be like Kill Bill or like, you know, Lara Croft when I was a kid. And so I started doing martial arts more regularly. I wanted to ride motorbikes. Like I love dancing. I love partying. I love festivals. I wanted to DJ. Like I just started reconnecting with all the things I'd kind of put into a box to fit myself into my business and the way that it was or my relationship. And the second that I started allowing these things to come out, like I started building myself out as what my vision in my head of someone who was cool looked like. I became the coolest person that I know by becoming all of the things that I always thought was cool. You know, I just took the action. I didn't become professional or good at half of these things. I'm not a professional DJ by any means, but I just started following and doing all the things that I thought was cool. And therefore building that sense of self-admiration, that sense of self-respect and that sense of self-love. And so I built not only a deeper relationship with myself, but a deeper sense of admiration for myself. And, you know, a lot of people get a bit when I say the word admiration, but admiration is not egotistical. You're not saying that I am better. You're just saying that I am worthy. You know what I mean? It's not going out and being like, I'm the hottest person in the world. I'm hotter than you. I'm hotter than you. It's just saying I'm hot. 
I, I feel that in myself, you know what I mean? Like I like who I am just as an individual and it's not relative to anyone else. When you can be proud of and admire yourself in that way, you make better decisions for yourself. In your business, you show up more authentically. And what actually happened beyond that in my business was that, just like you said, a lot of people started building this image out in their mind of who I was, which was who I always was. And everything just started to explode from there. Like the magnetism, if you will, was so strong. Like people would find me and be like, she's just so in love with her life herself. She's having so much fun. Like, this is so awesome. My Instagram audience like doubled. It exploded at the time. My income, that's when I created Influencer Vibes, my signature program. And it just felt like the momentum was shifting so much. I didn't add on a whole bunch of extra work. Everything just started to click more. And it really was just me having the courage to be me. Yeah, which I love because I think some of us, maybe just again, females specifically, we tend to put ourselves into a box. We're like, okay, this is what we are. We can't do anything else but that. So mm-hmm. um, like I used to compete in bodybuilding. So for all of last year, I was just like, I'm just the bodybuilder. Nobody else sees me anything that way. And even now, like again, something that you mentioned before is that like you, you know, the change in audience, like even now I'm not really talking about bodybuilding. It's something that I'm like, it's a chapter. It was a chapter of my life and I talk about it, everything, but I'm now focusing on, like I'm probably where you are, like when you come out, come out of that relationship, even though I've been single for too many for too many years, but I'm at that stage now. I feel where I'm trying to find myself, and like that, like I love to dance. I did dance class last night. Um, like I love to. I started running recently. Like yes. you know, so I'm I'm like that. I'm like finding all these components of me and just telling people, being like, I'm doing this. I'm doing that, and trying to hopefully be the person that I wanted to follow as well. Because I think that's probably what you are doing now as well because you are showing all these components of your life like you do talk a lot about your personal life as well I think that obviously naturally draws people in a lot more probably makes people want to work with you because they're they see this element of you and they might be like oh she you know because I remember you doing boxing as well so like even seeing you do that it was kind of like oh anyone that like loves boxing will follow Erin because that she does boxing so I think if anything it just brings way more people together which again going back to the start of the podcast is all about building a community Right. And honestly, I will say that there's a, it's not an intentional strategy, but since then, because I reflect on my own growth and use my own journey as a big part of what I then go off and test first with other people and then, you know, go on to teach. Um, It is really just connection points. You know what I mean? Some people could call them content pillars and all of this, but like the more that you allow your authentic self to shine, the more opportunities that people do have to connect with you. I have literally had people say to me that they joined my $5,000 coaching program because they also ride motocross. Like literally, I remember there was someone in my last round. She was like, I saw that you were riding motocross. And I was like, I have to join her program. And so she did. I had one person join a program one time because I did a queen bohemian rhapsody like lip sync in my car and they were like oh my god I love queen like there's just these like here's the thing another thing that I say quite regularly is be yourself and know your shit you as an expert as a master does not get downgraded by you being a human if you can show up and you can prove to people through educational content through all of the marketing that you use, that you know your stuff. 
in fitness, in health, in business, in design, in music, in whatever it is that is your niche, like let's say your business niche, right? If you can prove that you know your stuff by being podcast interviewed by people, by doing talks, whatever, whatever way that you can show people that you know what you're talking about, that doesn't get then downgraded by you I don't know, loving the TV series Grey's Anatomy or The Simpsons and talking about it all the time. Mm. Be yourself and know your stuff. And then you know what you've got? You've got the two things that really make an audience build and that is, or to really make an audience grow, and that is aspiration, mastery, things that people can look up to and learn from and relatability, things that people can relate to you on those two components the equilibrium between those two points is truly where the audience growth magic happens in all areas you know I love RuPaul's Drag Race I was watching the finale last night and I was like they are so good at what they do Mm. the aspiration but they are also so vulnerable and open up with their stories the relatability and that's why for so many people that show is such a hit Think about the YouTubers, you know what I mean? The makeup gurus who would do makeup and tell stories of like their breakup, you know? It's that combination of humanness and mastery that people adore. And so being yourself, first connecting with yourself, becoming the coolest person you know, and then being able to be that person online while also still being a master at whatever it is you do. If you can get good at both those things, not only will you have a lot of fun because you get to be yourself, but you will also do amazing things in the world. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, no, I, I do like how you linked the whole like aspiration and like the vulnerability side of things. Because again, if you take any of the most successful people, again, whether it's come like come through like social media or whatever, like they probably have those two components. So it's actually really interesting like outlook that, or like observation that you've kind of made there as well. And I suppose to kind of like slowly wrap things up because like the, again, the amount of value that you've even provided today um, I suppose like for anyone that might be feeling a bit stagnant or stuck or a bit lost of what they're like, obviously, look again, I know there's no like specific advice you could give someone that's going to change, that's going to obviously help a wide audience. But let's talk about someone who maybe it's you like five years ago, maybe it's me now, maybe it's, you know, someone where they'll might be in two years time if they might be feeling lost stagnant they don't know what they should be doing what they could be doing and just feel they don't have connection with themselves as well what advice would you give to that girl I know this sounds cliche but first of all it would be 100% to spend more time alone it's really hard to connect with who you are on the inside because like we have not to get too spiritual because again I'm such a strategy person and a scientific practical person but really it will just end on a little spiritual note like we all have the answers within us. We we have a true authentic self within us. But like if you wanted to visualize for a second, like social media, marketing, friends, advertisements, it, pollution, like all of political, economic state, like all of these things. Think about how much we are exposed to every single day. Of course, it's going to be so hard to listen to that inner voice of guidance of who you are and what you want, what you should do, if you are constantly inundated with the noise that's outside of you. And so whether it be through meditation, 
taking a freaking walk without music on, but just like being with yourself in nature, going on a little self-love date, which is something that I teach in, sounds weird, a program all about audience growth, but I tell my students in Influence Vibes, like go on a self-love date, like go and spend time by yourself away from influence and ask yourself those hard hitting questions. Who am I? You know, like it's such a weird question to ask, but just ask and what comes up, trust that you know, a really profound and yet extremely hard thing to do is go look at yourself in the mirror. Go look at yourself in your eyes and ask yourself, who am I? What do I want? You know, connect, close everything else for just a moment, close everything else off for just a moment and connect with yourself and ask yourself, who am I? What do I want? Who do I want to be? What lights me up? What makes me happy? You know, what do I want my life to look like? What impact do I want to make on the world? Give yourself the space to ask these questions. And I guarantee you so many of the answers of then how do I do this? What do I need to invest in, et cetera, et cetera. They will follow when you get those foundational questions asked first. And sometimes the most simplest of questions can also be the hardest questions to answer because even three words who am I is a question that I'd say a lot of people don't know how to answer because yeah. it's always figuring out again I'm just thinking people pleasing tendencies it's the whole limiting beliefs it's like oh well who who do I, who who do my parents want me to be who do I, my friends want me to be as well and I think like it's something that it's so simple but yet it's probably the hardest thing that you need to do to have that breakthrough to allow you to break down that wall that's holding you back from the other version of you, the version of you that's like calling out your name and being like, come over here. It's more fun. You know, yeah. I think that's probably like the hardest thing for people to do. But I think that's incredible um, piece of advice to give. I will say a little tool that will help to answer the question. The An easy way to answer the question, who am I, is with I am statements that aren't relational, relationally, you know whatever that word is, but it's not that you're a teacher. It's not that you're a boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, mother, sister, all of those things. You can answer that question of who am I with I am statements that are just about yourself. You know, I am a passionate dancer. (laughs) I am a sensual goddess. I am funny as fuck. You know what I mean? Like whatever. Like those kinds of statements and allow yourself to just be free with it. Oh my God, I love that. I feel like that's something I need to do now because like I I'm, I say this a lot to my own clients as well is actually to do like the self-love dates, like go on your solo dates. It loves you just again, enhance that relationship with yourself. So that's something I definitely do as well. But definitely the whole, that, that kind of tool, definitely going to take that. Definitely going to do that straight after this call. Um, mm-hmm. But Erin, I cannot express my gratitude for the insane amount of value that you provided I feel like we could come back and do like monthly episodes at this point because I'm like there's just still so much we haven't even like feel like we barely touched the surface <laughs> oh my god damn you know I can talk I can talk that's for sure you want to go anywhere I'm there with you baby <laughs> I bloody love it so Erin for anyone that may not be following you or may want to potentially work with you learn more about you where can they find you on the internet yeah, awesome. Definitely reach out to me on Instagram. And honestly, when I say reach out to me, it's not one of those statements that most people say. I mean, reach out to me. Like if you listen to this episode and you loved it, I am a huge fan 
of sliding into my DMs, like tell me what your biggest takeaway was. I love that. But as I mentioned, I do talk a lot about like audience growth and obviously the intersection between self-leadership and building your ideal community. I've got an incredible free masterclass as well, which so many people love and they're obsessed with. And again, like you said, just is jam-packed with value. So you can definitely find that on my Instagram. Just DM me the word visible and I will send it over. But like I said, just reach out to me on Instagram. Otherwise, Search Erin May Henry, search Chilpreneur. I'm everywhere. <laughs> You'll find me somewhere. YouTube, podcasts, we're all the places. I love content. All the places indeed. But no, I will definitely link all the links in the show notes as well. But Erin, thank you so much for coming onto this week's podcast. And guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, subscribe, follow all of the things. Um, Any reviews do help the podcast grow as well. Leave but- a review. <laughs> Thank you so much, Erin. And guys, I will see you all in the next episode.